want to learn how to become a millionaire? Are you committed to having financial freedom? To learn the secrets to building and managing a million dollar business, whatever it takes? Because today the opportunities are greater than ever to achieve your goals. Welcome to How to Be a Millionaire. In this show, we are on a mission to educate and empower a thousand new millionaires over the next 10 years through our nonprofit foundation at millionairestraining.org and through our fast track implementation programs at millionairesacademy.com. I'm your host, Sydney O'Sullivan. Some call me the Millionaire's Mentor because I've been building million dollar businesses for over 20 years. And in this show, I interview other millionaires in my network and get them sharing their best advice to create your big vision, discover your life purpose and legacy, build your dream team, develop a millionaire mindset, scale your business, invest for success, and manage and share your wealth and prosperity over the long term. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, it's Sydney Sullivan, and my very honored guest today is Iram Saeed, and she's joining us all the way from Pakistan. Welcome, Iram. Thank you, Sydney. It's wonderful to be with you and wonderful to meet your audience. Hello, everyone. Now, you guys are going to love Iran because she's going to tell us how she just transitioned her entire life and business moving from the U.S. over to Pakistan. And that's where you were born. Is that right? Or were you born in the States? No, I was born in Pakistan. I moved to the States when I was 22, got married, moved to Austin, Texas, and lived in Texas for 27 years. And then last year, moved back to Pakistan. So it's been a fun journey. Yeah. And you built a whole business there. And we're going to be talking about that because it's been really, really interesting. You guys are going to love it. But I will tell you a little bit of her background, just in case we don't get to cover it later. Um, she's got such an amazing story. Once Iram and I get talking, it's like full on. So uh, she was actually a survivor of abuse and spent her formative years in a strict patriarchy. And she committed herself to transforming women's lives as a result. By establishing a community and connecting women of the Eastern and Western world in friendship, mutual support and knowledge, she works towards her goal of empowering women globally. Born into a culture where women are bound by strict limitations, Iram has experienced her fair share of struggle. At the age of 40, she was the survivor of two failed marriages, physical abuse, lurking bankruptcy, and was emotionally dissipated to the point where she saw no other way out but by ending it all. But then in her darkest hour, her dark night of the soul, she decided that life could and would be different and she would start crafting the life of her dreams. Today, she's a founder and host of From Heartache to Joy, a seven-figure business and one of the world's leading tele-summits, serving as a powerful catalyst for change and a champion for the disempowered. So that is your, your story uh, in a nutshell. But um, we're going to get into some real nitty gritty here, right? So congratulations on all your success. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm very, very grateful, very humbled, very honored. It is still a surprise when I hear someone tell my story. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I did go through all that. <laughs> but it seems like such a thing of the past. I can't connect to it anymore, you know? Well, yeah, you just get, you keep on moving on, right? Was it, was it the big global economic crisis time that was really tough for you? That um, I think it was when they, that's what we call it in Australia, but the 2008 crash? Yes. So yeah. that's when my divorce was happening was in 2009. And that's when, and I, and I was a lender for many years before, you know, when this happened. Um, during my marriage and, and, and even after that, I was a commercial broker. And of course, everything I did was dependent on banks still lending, which stopped, came to a dead stop in 2008 and then nine, especially, which is when I started to go through my divorce and then I had to file bankruptcy. So everything, of course, when, when trouble wants to come to your house, you know, she usually brings friends and then has a party and stays a while. So that's kind of what happened with me. Everything happened at the same time. And pretty much everything crashed. It was, everything was crashing around me. And, and, and it's tough enough to go through divorce once, but then to have to go through it again, a second time, because you think you've learned so much and not, you're gonna get it this time. 
and then to go through it again. And it, it really, really dissipates you. And you really begin to question yourself and like, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep doing this? Why does this keep happening to me, right? And that's why, you know, in my story, when you mentioned that I, I was feeling so hopeless that I didn't even want to go on because I thought this time I had done everything right. And yet here I was again with everything just kind of in a, in a state of chaos around me. So that's have, when I did have, um, Did you regrow your wealth and then lose it again? Or was it more the emotional stuff? Was it the emotional distress that you had to go through the twice? twice the it week? was the emotional and it was financial also because one of the things that I had secretly realized was that if I was going to be full on myself, I was I, I may be too much to handle. So I kind of always kind of kept my light dim. So while I was successful financially in the marriage, I mean, I was used to as a commercial broker, I didn't work for anyone. It was my own brokerage. So I, I, I would have, you know, two to three closings a year. And it was it was quite normal for me to see a you know, a six figure payday, for example, <clears throat> or five figures mostly. Um, but I still was holding myself back, which I didn't realize at that time, because I didn't want to shine so bright that I was going to outshine my husband, who was also quite successful. So I, I always kind of kept it toned down a little bit. And, and of course, when when the crash happened, it was my business that went belly up, not his, because he worked for a very well known um, <clears throat> IT company. So, so yes, in a way I had created wealth, but being a good little wife, I had put everything in his 401k, whatever we had was jointly owned or in his 401k. So I didn't have any separate savings because I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. Right. And, um, so when the divorce happened, I, I don't know what the laws are anywhere else, but in, in the States, especially in Texas, it's, you know, everything is kind of goes into a holding pattern, whatever you jo own jointly is, is now frozen. You can't, nobody can access it, but the person who still is earning an income has a salary is going to call the shots, you know, cause now you're dependent. You have, I had two kids, I needed child support, I needed spousal support, which I don't want to go into the details, but whoever's been through a divorce knows that it's not as easy as, okay, I need this. There's the temporary orders, then there's the you know actual divorce hearing. And in between a smart attorney is gonna, is gonna play with the technical details and they're gonna prolong it knowing that the party that is not earning money right now, that's the biggest pressure you can put on them is the financial pressure. So I went through all of that. And as you mentioned, I was a victim of uh, physical violence and that was part of um, what was going on at that time. There was, a, there was a, so I had four different lawsuits, Sydney, that I was facing at that time. The first one was my divorce, of course. <clears throat> During the divorce, he assaulted me. So now there was a physical violence case in which state of Texas versus my ex-husband, but I was their star witness. And in this whole thing, the divorce that had already been dragging on for a few months, I ran out of money. So my divorce attorney sued me for lack of payment, which they knew quite well, I didn't have yet. It was their job to get me my money. So they sued me for that. So that was the third lawsuit. Um, and then I finally had to file bankruptcy to, you know, stop all of that from happening. So these were, I mean, four lawsuits and in three of them, I was unrepresented. I did not have an attorney and I have to, I had to go through the court and the system and all of that myself. And I can't tell you how many times well-meaning attorneys or friends would tell me this is suicide in America. This is suicide to go to court unrepresented. And I said, I have no choice. What do you want me to do? Lose custody of my daughter, not get what I need in divorce? I mean, what do I do? I had no choice. The good news is that I eventually won. So even being unrepresented, I won. But that was, oh my goodness, it was a tough, tough time. Very tough. <clears throat> that, that is an amazing story. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I and mean, I appreciate you kind of sharing the, you know, the bad stuff um, before let's get into then how you <laughs> turned it around. But, but I, I will uh, concur with you that 
lawsuits are incredibly toxic and for yeah. you to survive three of them at once and the pressure uh that i mean you're talking about a whole combination of things there you've got your fear of losing your child you've you've got the breakdown of your relationship which would have been terrible yeah. the abuse yeah. situation you're dealing with the police you're dealing with the the courts lawyers who you can't trust and this has been my experience as well i can see how that you would have felt just unbelievably beaten down by all of that so at what point did you turn things around tell us how you turned things around well, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, it was, um, I can't remember who sent me the first email, but somehow I found this thing called a telesummit, which is kind of like uh, um, podcasts. Um, and I started listening to that because there was just a lot of positive messages, messages of positivity and hope and how you can heal your life and how uh, you can't change others, but you can change yourself. And when you change your mind, you change your life. And, you know, those were still very new concepts for me. I had I had read the book, The Secret. But, you know, as we know, the law of attraction, as, as is portrayed in The Secret, is just the tip of the iceberg. The real story is way bigger. I, I didn't have the whole story yet. So I started listening to these telesummits. And from one telesummit, I found another and then another. And I literally started spending like four or five hours a day listening to those because I really didn't have anything else to do anyway. And I became addicted to those. And, um, and then I, you know, in 2012, somebody, uh, one of the telesummit hosts that I really liked in 2012, I, one of the, my favorite telesummit hosts put out a program saying, Hey, do you want to learn how to become a telesummit host? I'm putting out a course and, um, Apparently that was his third time that he was teaching that course. So I, I immediately said, yes, I, I wanna do this. And I was really dismayed to find out when I got on the phone with him that the cost of the course was like a thousand dollars more than what I had left in the bank. And what I had left in the bank was basically two months worth of um, uh, expenses that I needed to have. And I was, I was really, really diligent in, in controlling my expenses at that time. So I was like, oh my God, I don't have the money. And I told him and he said, well, I can reduce the cost for you because I see that you really need this and you're very passionate, but nobody has, this is a course that's gonna take six months. And if you're really good, then you might be able to do it in three months. But I have never seen anyone do that. And I really don't think it can be done in less than three months to be able to start, learn and then launch a telesummit in less than three months. And I said, well, I have three weeks <laughs> because after that I need to start making money. And he said, I just can't sell you this course in good consciousness, I just feel bad. I said, well, look, I feel so strongly. I wanna do this. And I'm kind of that person, Sydney, who, who really performs best when they burn all their boats. So I was like burning up with like, yes, I'm gonna do this. I know I will be able to do it. So long story short, I convinced him. I signed a release saying, I will not ask for a refund. I want you to release the entire course in one go. And then I don't know, I, I don't, I mean, my daughters had gone for visitation. I literally can't remember when I went to bed, when I woke up, because all I did was consume the content and started you know, putting out the, the, the tele-summit. And three and a half weeks later, I launched From Heartache to Joy. It was June of 2012. And um, it was a two week summit. It did really well. I ended up with $500 net. And I was super excited because as you know, I mean, as a businesswoman, that if your first venture is profitable, you've got something. And then I would say my next summit was a couple of months later. I netted uh, maybe 3,500, maybe $4,000 from that. And then within a year, the summit touched a million dollars. It crossed a million dollars. And I just still can't believe it. It's like, wow. Of course, now looking back, I know what things I did right and how it worked and what happened. But that was the first time. And then since then, the summit has grown every single year. And I'm very grateful and humbled because, you know, I've been able to help so many women, just like myself back in 2009 and 2012. So many women have benefited from the information and the knowledge that we have brought. So let me just get clear on your model. You have, um, you've got uh, your Heartache to Joy Summit. You run that annually? 
from Hardik to Joy is like an ongoing summit. Yeah, it, it runs every month. Yeah, Women Business Mavericks is is because you know in all these years I have really learned as you are forced to learn how to really run and organize an online business, how to create packages, how to monetize, how to run ads, how to bring traffic. So I had to I had learned all these different aspects of online entrepreneurship, which I had started coaching already to other speakers. And I ran a very successful coaching program called Telesummit uh, Superstar Coaching Program, uh, which was right at the end of 2012. So pretty much the same time as I've been running the, the Telesummit. But I realized that I really had so much more to teach, um, like in marketing and co copywriting and how to, like I said, how to monetize, how to profit. So I started this Women Business Mavericks is a different platform altogether. It's separate from, from Heartache to Joy. And it, this one was launched because during the pandemic, I realized that right now is the time that women really, really need to uh, really start building a very, very successful um, and substantial presence online. Because um, some people had kind of 50-50, like they, were, they had their... Uh, brick and mortar business or if, if they were consultants or coaches they had other ways of doing it and then some people had it online and they weren't really yet serious about online yet the opportunity that the online world presents is immense I mean you're talking about global audience and globally we're all pretty much going through the same thing so this is an incredible opportunity for for people, but especially women, because my passion is to help women become financially empowered. It's an incredible opportunity for women because you know we, we are sharers, Sydney. We, we share, we're open, we are comfortable being vulnerable. We will say, yes, I am afraid of, of, you know, I'm not in touch with my relatives. I miss them. I miss that physical contact. We will talk more about the new problems that are arising because of this pandemic that have not been there before. And so if there are other women who know how to help address this problem, who have fixed it for themselves maybe, or their loved ones, and they have solutions that they can bring, oh my God, there's such immense opportunity for all this. So, so that's why I launched Women Business Mavericks was to help women understand. So we gathered, as you know, some of the smartest uh, online business entrepreneurs like yourself. And we, I interviewed them like, well, how did you do what you do? And what are some of the great you know, uh, tips that you have for women that are thinking about doing this and how to scale, how to launch, all of that stuff. So that was Women Business Mavericks. And that too is gonna be an ongoing platform. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm going to make this a ongoing, it's going to be TV show and podcast and, uh, and a, what I'm calling an evergreen, right. Which is just keeps running. So then do you do a, do you do a promotion every month? Do you, uh, or is it just, is it ongoing promotion all the time? Uh, FHTJ is an ongoing promotion all the time. This is what my, uh, audience has been trained in a way they, they, they are used to, receiving a couple of offers a week so and they look for it you know so so they know quite well how how that works so that platform is run that way now wbm because it's relatively newer we are not going to run promotions all the time until we are you know we're geared up to do that okay. but eventually we will all right, so let's talk about how you transitioned your business, how the pandemic affected you. And yeah. keeping in mind that really, I always wanna make sure that we give the audience some concrete strategies to move forward and how they can start to achieve the kind of results that we've achieved in our lives. And yeah. you know, I think what, what we are both here to do in a big way is show people it can be done. Like, I, I, can't, I can't help it. I, I can't help getting continuous ideas and not all of them are great but some of them do turn out to be pretty good um and i i and and i because of my experience i can tell you that i love now hitting a wall it's like oh i don't think there's any way out because that's when you're going to make your biggest breakthrough that's when something completely out of the box has to come through in order to transform what you're doing right because the smaller problems you fix them and it's great but nothing big happens and, and so I, as I was talking to you 
about this earlier, Sydney. When when I moved to Pakistan, I the primary reason was I wanted to be close to family. My dad is now 80 plus, um, and I wanted to be close to my spiritual teacher. So I moved here. And um, the other thing at the back of my mind was that I'd always wanted to do something for women in Pakistan, because I'm a Pakistani woman. I was born and raised here. Granted, I spent most of my adult years in, in the States, and I loved the work I did there. I loved helping so many women, but there was still a part of me that felt kind of guilty, you know, like, mm, but there, what about women back home? Um, and I, I, I was, I was I'll, I'll admit to you that I was scared because <laughs> I, there's a part of me that's really westernized now, right? I mean, I, when I talk, I speak mostly in English and, and I didn't know if they were gonna accept me or reject me. And a lot of stuff that I had learned, uh, you know, was maybe not understandable by that. I mean, I had so many doubts in my head, but I still had this really deep desire to serve the women here. So I said, okay, well, here's what I'm gonna do. And I hate being on camera, by the way, I, or, or I should say hated, now that's been cured. Um, I was very camera shy. I never liked how I looked on camera. I was very judgmental of myself. So, and I'm an introvert by nature. So it just, there were so many reasons that I told myself why I didn't want to do camera. So I said, okay, I'm going to create these videos and I'm going to launch these videos in Pakistan and they're going to be very short videos. And, and I'm just going to talk about some of the stuff that I'm passionate about. And my goal is that over six months, maybe I'll get a few views, maybe a few hundred, if I'm very lucky, a few thousand views. And if I can help 10 women, if I can determine that my talks help 10 women in some small way over six months, then I can stop feeling guilty. <laughs> then I can say, okay, I've served. <laughs> so I did that. And we were launching a few videos every month. In the second month, one of my videos went viral. It was controversial. It was not a good kind of viral. I got a lot, I took a lot of heat. And, but the marketer inside me was going, oh my God, this is so exciting. Look at the number of views, <laughs> you know? The marketer inside me knew that this is not bad. This is great. This is how, you know, Facebook algorithms are gonna pick this up and this is awesome. So after that, every single video that got posted continued to go viral. Uh, and they started getting millions of views. And in, you know, the four That's months awesome. that, and, and, you know, this is one of the things I've realized Sydney, that, you know, after having been through so many cycles of, of loss and then, okay, creating success and then losing and then, and then moving. And then, you know, I, the house I had in Dallas, I absolutely loved it. And then I had to leave that and I'm probably going to get rid of it now. I'm probably going to sell it. And one thing has become very clear and I'm writing my book and that's one of the things I talk about in the book. I, um, you know, the, the first phase is that of oppression. That was my life, that was oppression. So naturally after I said no to oppression, my priority in life was around freedom. I wanted to create freedom. So it was about freedom of, of in relationships. Like I wanna do what I wanna do. And, freedom financially. I didn't want to depend on anyone. Now I'm going to be this financially independent woman who makes her decisions, who does what she wants, lives by her own rules. And I did all of that. I achieved all of those things that people usually dream of. And I'm, I was very fortunate. And I was living this life of luxury, which I'm, I'm still living. But, you know, a very interesting thing happened. And I'll, I'll, I'll just take a couple of minutes, but I think it's an important, it was a very important point in my life Two years ago, I went to the Muslim pilgrimage that probably people know, you know, we go to Mecca and we perform this pilgrimage and, and it's mandatory for every Muslim to do it once in their lifetime. I didn't want to go. I, I have a very close spiritual relationship with God. And I thought, well, you live in my heart already. You're with me every day. Why do I have to travel all the way to this place, which I don't like, you know, I don't like Saudi Arabia and what it represents for women. Um, why do you want me to come all the way over there? What lesson do you want me to learn? So I kept asking during Hajj, I kept asking, like my biggest fear, Sydney, 
was, I mean, I'm, I'm a spoiled brat. Even before this whole thing, my husband knew this, that when I had to go to a hotel, before checking in, I had to go and look at the room, just make sure that I like the bathroom. So here's this spoiled brat and I have to go to this pilgrimage and I know that there will be times I will be sleeping under the open sky uh, and on the sidewalk or something and sharing public bathrooms where there are millions of people. So you can imagine the state that the public bathroom would be in. That was my biggest fear. And I did it. I, I shared the public bathroom. And when the, the day that we were under the open sky, everybody else was worried about me because I was this diva drama queen who was like, oh my God, how am I going to sleep? And oh, this is dirty. And that's, and I was the one that slept like a baby. They had to shake me to wake me up in the morning because I was sleeping so soundly on the pebbles. It, the, it, was, it was the sidewalk and there were pebbles on the ground. So nobody else could sleep because they would get uncomfortable, but I did. And when I woke up, I was like, oh my God, my success has been holding me back. What I thought was freedom had enslaved me. This is liberation. In this moment, I have everything I need. I have the air to breathe. I have water to drink. I can go to a bathroom if I need it, even if it's dirty. Everything is taken care of. What the heck was I so worried about? And that was the lesson that God had for me during this pilgrimage. So now this phase of my life, I call liberation. And liberation is about letting go of everything that we have achieved that we hold so dear now that we might even call freedom and success, but that's holding us back. I am gonna die one day. Why not die doing something I love and something that's meaningful for me? So are these people gonna be able to stop me from saying what I have to say? No, no, they won't. Well, thank you for sharing that story because it's really pertinent today with people having to make so many changes in their lives. That's one thing that yes. the pandemic has forced on millions yes. and millions of us around the world. It just mm -hmm. changed normal, didn't it? it you know, like uh, for those of us that are international speakers, we can't travel like we used to, we can't go do the events that we used to love doing. But for mm -hmm. everyday people, it's like, you know, they can't see their families. They lose, they're losing their jobs. They're having to learn how to work from home, homeschool. There's so many changes happening, right? The unemployment lines are, you know, blocks long. There's millions of people on unemployment. Yeah. So we're all having to make huge adjustments. And what do you see as being the, the, the future? What do you see as the opportunities? Like, what are you doing in your own business? Oh my God, I know you're doing really exciting things in Pakistan, but you do a lot of business in the US as well, right? So yes. you are truly yes. an international businesswoman. What are the opportunities? Yes. Oh my God, that's such a great question. I think, first of all, the first thing we need to realize is that the norm, the norm as we knew it, is over. We need to just come to this understanding. To what level? I think that's going to unfold. Nobody can predict. We don't know what the new norm is going to be because the pandemic is not over yet. Who knows? Maybe it won't be over for another year. We don't know. So that's the first thing. And Sydney, when I coach people, I, I've coached women going through divorces, you know, bad marriage, this, that, and all the other things. The first thing that I tell them is, Pain is, of course, it's going to happen. It's painful to lose something, but you don't have to suffer. Suffering only happens when you are saying reality should not be as it is. You are not in alignment with divine will. Divine will is basically the current moment. The present moment is what it is. The, the sooner we accept it, the better it's going to be. So whether it's your job, whether it's your ability to move around, whatever it is, accept that it's over. It is never going to be the same again. It will change in some way, even if we do start traveling again. We may have to wear masks forever. I mean, when the US started implementing all that stuff for security lines, you can't take your water. I mean, that's now we're used to it. It's normal now. So that's number one, accept the fact that reality has changed and it's probably never gonna be what it was in 2018 and 19. And now be open because even though I see a lot of opportunities, like going online for businesses, I've been counseling women here in Pakistan from now from these videos. So what I wanted to do for 10 women, I'm literally doing for a thousand women right now, helping them go through transformation, transformational classes and giving them 
um, coaching on how to become financially independent, it's literally, it's like, what is your skill? What are you passionate about? And helping them go online with it. One girl does, uh, she makes beautiful handmade flowers and she thought there was no scope for it. And she just got, the first time she went online, she got a huge order from a local hotel here, which is gonna be equal to one month's salary. So there's, there's a lot of opportunities because people are looking towards online businesses. Now that is gonna be the norm. But really what I would say is the first step is accept that it's changed. Second, be open. It is our ego's desire to, to put some kind of a definitive predictability on what's gonna happen in the future. And, and be cautious of that because there are gonna be a lot of people that are gonna claim they know what's gonna happen in 2021. I know this is happening. Well, I'm sorry, this has never happened in the world before. You don't have a crystal ball, you don't know, and there are possibilities, but when you're open, guess what? When the possibility arises, you're gonna be able to jump at it. Pivot, be flexible, be able to you know, pivot and do this. If you've never done this before and now it seems like this is what you should do, do it. I mean, this is what we're doing now, this, these Zoom calls and all of that stuff. Take advantage of the current opportunity. Don't be afraid, have fun. And maybe it's gonna work out, maybe it won't, but you know what is gonna happen is you're gonna keep moving forward. Don't let inertia set in because that is gonna be the one thing you should not do is be afraid. Don't be afraid. I agree with you. I think the tendency for a lot of people was, uh, even including myself, once the government started giving businesses, you know, support or in Australia, the government started supporting the businesses, which thank God, because I, I had a lot of clients with big businesses that were going to have to let a lot of people go. It was going to hurt a lot of families, you know, if they didn't get that, that little bit of help, you know, to get through the, because in living in Australia, we had entire cities shut down and closed off from uh, mm -hmm. the tourism trade, the international travel, it affected a lot of people. And, uh, and then of course, you know, there was illness, you know, people were worried about going out because they were afraid. Yeah. But the opportunity, I agree with you. I think the opportunity is just keep moving through this, keep working through your, you know, uh, and if you've got an idea for a business or you can go and help other people with their businesses, even if you don't get paid at all, you know, even if you get paid just a little bit, because you can learn. Like I remember when I had one of my first businesses, it was a restaurant and I hired the, I started hiring people from the um, the government employment office, you know, the ones that couldn't get jobs. And I had this young guy work for me and he said, honestly, you want me to mop floors? Like I can make what you're paying me, I can get on unemployment. And I said, well, here's the thing. You could, yes, you could get paid the same amount for doing nothing on unemployment, but you're learning a skill here. Like, you know, I'm teaching you how to work in a restaurant and then you could ultimately become a restaurant manager in not very much time because restaurant turnover is so huge, right? I was like, you could actually, he was bright, he was young and you know, he had his whole future ahead of him. I said, you could learn management skills. You could learn how to run a mat. You could have your own restaurant, who knows? Uh, you could have a chain of restaurants, but you're not gonna learn any of that if you're not if you're not working and learning, right? If you're- I agree. Yeah. Well you know, I just did a workshop on loneliness because, of course, here in Pakistan, that's like it is everywhere else. It's a big problem right now. And so that was one of the requests. I got an overwhelming amount, amount of requests on how to cure loneliness. And I told them a few things and I said, here's, but here's at the end, I'm going to tell you two things that are guaranteed to work. One of them is a strong connection with the divine. And second is serve serve others, work in some kind of a capacity where you're one-on-one -on -one with another human being, whether it's on the phone or, or Zoom or whatever, because you have no idea. Like I did not know that I could be a motivational speaker until I started, you know, when I went through domestic violence, I saw all these other women that were Muslim women that did not speak the language, that did not understand the system. And I felt so bad, like, oh my God, this was hard for someone like me and I'm quite, you know, well-adjusted. Let me just go help these women. And I, that's how I discovered that I had this ability to motivate people and, and I would never have known that. So, so, so never sit idle. Don't just like, if everything seems to be closed off, go with what your heart is desiring to do right now, especially if it's, if it's this um, unconditional service to others. And you will be amazed how amazing opportunities, doors will open. You will find some amazing things about yourself that you didn't know before. 
this is this is how this this universe works so beautifully it's kind of what i did with this um venture in pakistan right i wanted to help 10 women by creating these videos well now it's a huge platform i'm getting requests from tv channels like i said big networks that want me to do a talk show and i've refused and and there's amazing business opportunities on how to monetize and i'm still just being guided by my passion, which is I just want to do more. I want to serve more. How do I do that? And and so I don't know where this is going to go, but it is going some you know some pretty cool, neat places. I can tell you that um, to the point where I've decided I'm not going to move back to the U.S. I am going to stay here and I'm going to carry this work forward. So, so let's talk about your business. Uh, how you're actually doing all this, and and I don't know if you shared the numbers, but. She's getting amazing uh, traction in Pakistan and India, you mentioned. And you said one of your videos has already had like 21 million views. Well, it's the, the entire platform in four oh. months has had 21 million. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I've kind of like you at first I was it actually took me about six months to get this thing started because I was watching. I had the idea to bring a whole bunch of smart people together um, and then I really wanted to be sure I had the right model, you know, something that I could grow into, into a bigger game, which now has turned into a TV show, a TV channel, a podcast show, oh, yeah. a book series, you know, and, and so that's my um, my big game. But talk, talk to us about the tele summits because you're still teaching people how to do tele summits, right? And why yes. do you find that they work so well for you? Tell us about it as a, as a how you so, would it to somebody why this is a great way yeah. of getting started in business it, it's a great way sydney because you can launch it fairly quickly like i did in three and a half weeks uh you can do it very quickly and easily in three months if you're very committed you can do it in a month but it's a great way to start when you have no traffic so you have zero opt-ins and you don't yet have anything to sell. Because what happens in a telesummit is that you invite a bunch of speakers that are experts on the topic that you want to do the summit on. And, and summits can be done on any topic. I just gave someone directions on how to do a telesummit on fishing because he loves to do fishing. And he said, can, can I monetize a summit on fishing? I said, absolutely, you can. So you, you basically gather a bunch of people that are experts on the subject that you want to choose and, and then you interview them just like you're interviewing me and then they have something to sell. So they, you don't have to have something of your own to sell but they have a product or an offering or a package and then you share commissions with them. So you're gathering the traffic, every speaker has to promote so you end up with thousands of people by the time your summit has concluded. Now, you, you monetize the summit by selling the, the package of the calls, because a lot of people are going to want to own the calls so they can listen to them more than once, or they don't want to miss some valuable content. So you sell that, and then you also sell speaker packages. So those are two immediate ways of monetizing a tell summit, and most summits are structured just in that way. There are many other ways to monetize a summit. But now here you have a list of thousands of people that have shown interest in a certain category. These people are going to be, you know, like for my um, summit, I know my demographic is women that are 40 plus that are mostly in North America and also in Europe and Australia, and they are interested in spirituality and they want energy healing. So based on that, I can sell them all kinds of things. They like me. They trust me. I have built a rapport with them. They have gotten to know me. I literally have listeners that have been with me since 2012. When I go and tell them something that this is what I like and I, I endorse this product, they buy it. So you have immense opportunities to affiliate with other people, to do joint ventures. This is the way sales and marketing is going to be in the future. You know, as you very well know, Ed Advertising the way it used to be is going to completely change. People now are going to go, product owners are going to go after influencers like yourself and like myself, and they're going to basically make deals with them and negotiate with them. And I love that because, see, you're going to be cognizant of the fact that your audience trusts you. They, they believe in you. They like you. It's our integrity at stake. We're not going to endorse a product that we don't believe in. And I think that is a much better way of advertising and marketing than the way it used to be in the past, right? So, so I, it's all gonna change 
and it has already started to change and it's gonna happen faster than what people realize. It's gonna be phenomenal. It's gonna be phenomenal. So people like us who like to speak, who like to coach, who, who like to build audiences, this is gonna be really, really fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that. Um, and uh, th what I think you touched on there too was this, um, there's so much overwhelm. Like there's a lot of people that are, they realize that they could start a business online. Anybody who's already in business, yes. I've been watching many of my clients who, the ones who were already online, their businesses are booming. The ones who uh, are now moving online, they're seeing that they can get better results for less cost yeah. and they're just getting more efficient at it. Right. So, um, and the ones that haven't moved online yet, they're, they're going to need to, you really, I just think that, you know, and I, and I'm saying to people don't just rely online either because that's becoming quite a crowded space. I think what's really, really cool about what you shared is that um, this is a way like doing, starting out by pulling together a group of experts, you're actually creating a really cool mastermind group as well. That's one of the other beautiful things about it. Like, yeah, you I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to add one more thing, Sydney, yeah. that this is, this is, I totally agree with you that the online space is getting very crowded. And one of the things that is actually now going to work beautifully, we, we've probably done this too, because it's so crowded, we are becoming even more selective in which emails we're going to open. A lot of times I don't even read the text messages, delete, delete, delete we're becoming far more selective. You know what that means is that people that we do like, people that we are connected with, we are gonna you know, um, bond more, more strongly with them. So what that means for us as marketers is the more authentic we are, the more real we are, the more it's gonna be uh, creating those stronger bonds. And I think that's fantastic because you don't even have to be a fantastic marketer to get started that way, to get that traction. You have to be really real and authentic. That's how people are going to connect with you. Um, you know, there was this lady I coached. She, she teaches keto, keto diet. Uh, and keto is, is getting quite popular in Pakistan. And she covers her face, you know, so she covers, she does the whole, you know, hijab thing and she covers her face so you can only see her eyes. And I told her, you need to do this and create videos. She's like, but even for me, I, I cover my face. I said, of course, you, of course, I'm not going to teach you to do something you're not. Keto is your strength. You're very good at it. You, she herself lost like 45, 50 pounds. And I'm like, you know what? Who's going who's gonna to bond with you are women that cover their face. If I'm teaching keto online and you're keeping to teaching keto online, they're going to go listen to you because there's affinity. They, they can relate. And she took that advice and, she, and it worked really well for her. So it's amazing how people are really not expecting a whole lot of fluff anymore. They're really, really connecting with that authenticity. You know, how real are you? So, so that's I what I want to And in fact, I find with, uh, been promoting this series, which is Millionaires Academy, all interviews with millionaires and how to be a millionaire, which is very polarizing. You know, it, it, it pushes buttons for a lot of people. And, uh, that has been one of the main concerns that has come up that I really, I think one of the reasons that I'm the right person to do it is people were saying, well, how do we know if they're real millionaires or if they're just, there's a lot of people out there that are, that are pretending. Claim, yeah. That are, there's a lot of people that are telling you what you should be doing with something that only really works for them. And it isn't going to work for the majority of people. But over the years, like you and I have been at this for over 10 years, you know, um, we've built relationships and, and we know who the real people are. We know who the ones are that are really getting results and the people that you can honestly trust. And that's what my community looked to me for. And that's why I was able to attract so many awesome people to, you know, to this series because of the relationships I've built. Right. And I knew who not to invite. And that's the whole thing. That's what we can do for others is to, is to build that, you know, just a lot of us are uncomfortable with who we are and it takes some time. You were saying that you didn't like yourself yeah. on video, you know, the same issue. No, no. And, 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 you know, it's funny you, what you mentioned. I want to just expand on that because that's a very important point because a lot of people do pretend to be very successful and they're millionaires and whatever. And, and you talk to them and, and they're like, uh, wow, $20,000 in sales. How did you do that? I'm like, but don't you do that too? I mean, why is that so surprising? 
and I and I realized early on what you what you just mentioned that that's very true that they what I used to say was if they were so good at what they were doing they would be doing that and not coaching how to do it now I have just launched this easy summit mastery course that which we're going to talk about in a minute and for years people asked me please teach us how to do it. And, and this was the reason why I didn't teach it because I was too busy doing it. I was too busy making money doing it. And I didn't want to make a course and teach it because I'm like, first of all, I'm going to create a lot of competition. Second, it's going to be, it's going to take a lot of time to put together a course. Now, why I did it though, I, I mentioned the reason why was because I saw so many businesses going belly up, so many women hurting, so many people that that needed uh, some financial security. And my passion really is to help women become financially independent. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed. I achieved the things I wanted to achieve, Sydney. I achieved the, the, the financial goals and, and I could show it to my ex-husband like, ha, I did it on my own and da, 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 you know, been there, done that, got the ego thing satisfied. And that's no longer what floats my boat. You know, it's just, I'm at that phase in my life. Like I said, it's about liberation. I don't want to have that hold me back. So I'm ready to teach and I'm ready to serve. This is truly from a place of service that I want to do this. But of course, I'm still a businesswoman and I'm running a business and I love making money. I know what you said was very polarizing, um, you know, learning from millionaires and how to become millionaires. I love that, by the way. I love polarizing people. I love pushing those buttons because it's like, find out why. Why are you getting polarized by this? It's awesome to be a millionaire. You can do so much. You can help so many people and you, you, can, you can have your freedom and then you can help others achieve their freedom. You can't do any of that if you're worried about your bills all the time. There's so much more. I want more women to become passionate about becoming millionaires. You know what? It's about time. It needs to happen. Because when a woman becomes financially successful, there is a lot of research that she takes her whole community up with her. She just doesn't do it for herself, right? So we need more millionaires. Get passionate about that. Don't be ashamed. Own it. Own it. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, I see it as building a movement, you know, like, like you do. Yes, you're, movement. You're Absolutely. Um, and if, when, when I was young, I would have loved a mentor to show me all this stuff, you know, I would have loved to, have had, but I hardly knew anybody because you, most of us are growing up in environments where we don't have access to these kind of people. My father left when I was a young girl and he became a self-made millionaire many times over. And I begged him to mentor me. I met him in my teens, you know, and, uh, I, I grew up in that era of like, you know, Dynasty and, and Dal you know, those, you know, those shows, Dallas and um, uh, Young and the Restless, where they had these <laughs> iconic families, you know, where the, yes. the kids worked in the businesses. I begged my father to let me come and work in his business so I could learn from him. But he didn't believe in, in uh, having family at, the, at work, you know, so the, the family I did grow up in, I had a stepfather. He, we all worked in his business. So that's kind of what I was used to, you know, was um, going after school and going to work in his media company. So it was, uh, you know, it was just, that's what I'm used to. It's kind of, we're all in this together, you know? So um, yeah. but if you don't have people to show you, um, so I, I was kind of like Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad, poor dad. I had one dad who was running a business that, where he basically just spent all the money as he was making money he just lived you know just burned through it and then I had the other dad who was becoming a self-made millionaire Brenna, I want to talk about your program and what's what's included in it and how it helps people I think you know we, we both um have nonprofits elements to our business because we want to make sure that we're contributing to our community but the other thing I would say is when you are serving like you said it helps you be more responsible with your money because when you're earning a lot of money it's very easy to spend it don't you find like it's easy to let it go out the door as fast as it's coming in so you and you're you came from finance background so you would have known about that uh yeah knowing is one thing and practically doing it is quite another so yes i i did i did uh blow a lot of money too but then i hired a very smart um cfo so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yes, that's that's a really good way of dealing with the situation is to bring somebody on your team who manages the money flow and, and says, no, you can't invest in that at the moment or yeah. 
Yeah. Too uh, bad. We're, um, it's a great idea, but we're not going to do it right now. So it's, yeah. it's you know, because as entrepreneurs, you're just fascinated by every new idea and you feel it's the best idea in the world and I must do it right now. And then um, then they give you it's like, OK, let's look at let's do a reality check. And OK, you can't do it this quarter. Let's see if you still feel as excited about it next quarter. And usually I don't. I'm excited about something else by then. So okay, let's so talk about your program and how it can help people. It's a it's a good starting up program, right? Like so for somebody who well, it's good if it's good if you've never been online and you want to go online and you want to create uh, traffic. It's also good for people who have had some kind of an online presence, but they really want to scale up because it is a great strategy for traffic and for income. It's, it's really great for both. So some people that want to do it my way, which is I just run an, a year long talk show kind of a thing, um, then that's the business model. And, and that's how, and I teach it in there, how to run that kind of a business model. And then some people might be, well, I've had an online business, I've been a coach, but suddenly now because of COVID, my traffic has gone down drastically and I'm considering whether I should buy ads or I should do this or that. And as you know, you really need to know how to do Facebook ads. It's it's not something that everybody succeeds with, and it's very very expensive, and it's 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 not going to generate results right away either. Sometimes, maybe if you're lucky, it can happen. So with this summit, you can you can use it as a model for traffic, where you do maybe only one or two summits a year. You grow your traffic, and then you sell to that traffic for however many months and then you do it again and you so you keep growing your tra traffic that way so there's many different ways that telesummits um, can help you and I teach all of that all the different models in this course and also the nitty-gritty the not so fun part which is the technology which is fun for some people but we have um, all the technological aspects covered um, and a lot of it is done for you because we figured, okay, we'll just give these templates so they can just copy and then they can just run with that. So that's all in there as well. And I share a lot of my monetization techniques because as I, as I told you, Sydney, I routinely get hired by other Telesummit hosts to basically do kind of an audit and tell them where they're leaving money on the, on the table. Because our expertise is that we, are, we have mastered the art of generate maximizing profits from a small list because for the longest time I didn't have a very big list I had 10 to 12,000 people on my list and that was you know still when I was making you know a couple of million dollars a year so because I didn't have a lot of traffic I really really mastered how to maximize profits and and so all of that is taught in that course for what you're getting, it's fantastic. And I thank you so much for, um, for making this offer to everybody. I think it's a fantastic way to get started. I had my own experience and how well this works. So I started my own business with a series of interviews. And it was funny because I used to listen to tele, a lot of tele summits as well. And I love them um, because you get a lot of different perspectives when you're listening to different experts. I right? have to say that it's the quality of a telesummit is going to depend on the quality of the host also because it really depends on the questions they ask so you're a fantastic host oh, you really cool. ask great questions yeah because you ask from the perspective of, of your audience like okay i want to get this information for them so that's fantastic really enjoyed it oh well been fun? Yeah, I, I loved my interview with you too. We just had so much fun, didn't we? We were like, oh, we should do summits together. We, we get along so well. So, um, well, you're, you're yeah. skillful at interviewing and that's not something that can be taught. It's natural. So that's very well, good. Actually, I did have to learn it, I'll be honest. So what my first project, I would really, I go to a lot of seminars. I loved going to investment seminars and stuff. You know, I'd go to like Robert Kiyosaki's and learn from people about real estate and stock market investing and Tony Robbins, that kind of stuff. And I thought, I want to learn how to be one of those speakers that can sell from stage, right? So, I, but I thought about it and I was like, but that's a really long learning curve. And I will tell you guys, it does take a lot of years to get good at it, right? Yes. Yes, you know, there's a lot of- It does take a lot of years to get good at it, of course, but it doesn't take a lot of years to start making money with it though. That's no, the no. beautiful- Yeah, I agree. You know, when I started, I still remember when I was holding the phone, cause I do the calls on the phone, my knuckles hurt, my fingers hurt afterwards because I was so nervous. That was my first call ever. And I, you know, I had never done public speaking, but I made money. 
and people can be really forgiving. <laughs> I can tell you that. Now when I listen to that interview, I'm like, oh my God. Well, that's what I was what gonna was say. I, I ended up inviting a bunch of people to let me interview them for a book about how to make millions. Yeah. And, and I listened to the first couple of interviews that I did and I thought, oh, wow, I need to learn how to interview because you, if you bring a, a, a great expert on, then you need to let them do the talking, right? So I was kind of like, and I think a lot of people never learn this, don't you? Uh, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> That's part of what I teach in the course, by the way. Good, good, <laughs> it's part yeah. of, uh, I, I break down the interview. I call it the um, anatomy of an interview. Uh, and a summit interview, by the way, is very different guys from a podcast interview, for example. And so I, I break it down. I tell you exactly, like, don't spend more than five minutes on this part, 10 minutes on this part. In the beginning, I used to have a format saying 10 minutes for this, five minutes. So I would have it by, you know, in front of me. And then it just becomes natural after five or six interviews. It's, it's very easy. But yes, you do have to learn it. You do have to know what to say and what not to say. <laughs> That's very important. Mm -hmm. But and what was really cool, I found what you pointed out was, it was actually much easier for me to bring in like 20 sales at $5,000 each at that time because I was just starting out. So that, that would be my tip for people is try and come up with something that's at least a thousand to $5,000 that you can sell and sell a group like 30 people, 20 to 30 people in, and then you've got a nice cash flow, you know, start. Yes. It's not that difficult when you're doing what we do, which is generating, you know, traffic, as you call it, or, or audience or listeners by connecting with some other speakers who already have an audience that are synergistic with you, the people that have a similar audience and yes. in, and having, you just got to come up with, I think that's the thing that you help with them with. And uh, I have to help my clients with as well as coming up with that irresistible offer, right? You know, something that people want to buy your own yes. special thing, right? Yes. Yes, and, and, and I find though, Sydney, that a lot of times people have a very special special skill set. They have a very special ability and they just don't know uh, how to present and how to package it, how to talk about it. Uh, they're not comfortable selling it. So all of that I do cover in the course because I, I do this for all my speakers. I Whoever is on my show, I actually help them package and I help them to present. So that's something that I love doing and that's part of my expertise as well. So. They, they get to learn some of that as well. Well, thank you for making that fabulous offer um, to, for my, my uh, listeners. And thanks for sharing all your wisdom and, and your knowledge. Oh, and it's been such a pleasure, your, it's so much fun. So what are your top tips uh, as we wind up for, uh, if somebody wants to get started right now, what would you do if you were starting over to build a seven figure business? Well, <clears throat> first of all, uh, go buy that course because it's a really really fantastic course and and i put my heart and soul in it and and my end result is always it's never to sell a package because i would not have created this package if it was just to sell a product uh it's actually to serve it's to help someone achieve something and that something for me is um getting financially independent can you use this business model to get become financially independent uh, maybe you've lost your job or maybe your husband or your wife lost your job and you need to have this supplemental income fund come in. Can this business model do this? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Can you create a lot of wealth with it? Yes, you can if you do it correctly. So that's number one. Get this course because it is very discounted right now because Sydney, like myself, is so passionate. So I discounted um, the, the product to almost a tenth of its cost right now. Uh, the second thing is this is what I teach in the first module is determine your why your why is the biggest thing that is going to fuel you it's going to get you through those hard times whatever that why is you know the summit is going to teach you a lot of the what or the how how do you do this what are you going to do but the why is going to need to come from you so really really figure out why do you want to do what you want to do don't just do something because you need to make money. Even if it is like when I <laughs> launched the Telesummit, there was a reason that I needed to support my daughters, but I also had this burning desire, like I'm gonna show it to my ex-husband that I can be a millionaire without him, right? Very ego-driven, but still it fueled me because anger is still a very good fueling energy, right? It, it still got me to that level. Um, but now my whys are very different. It's about you know helping and serving. So. 
figure out that why and and don't just choose a topic for a tell summit don't just think oh well i have nothing to teach i bet you have several things to teach i bet if you talk to me you will figure out something where it's oh my god this is a fantastic idea because there's so many opportunities out there right now so find something that you can sustain long term because sometimes an idea sounds really good because it can make you money but what happens when you go through the down cycle everybody goes through it what happens when um uh, uh, you launch a project and it fails <clears throat> That's when that why comes in, because you can reconnect with that. You can look at that vision and say, I'm doing it because of this purpose. Now, that purpose could be taking care of my family. They need this income. Whatever that is, you know, really determine that why very strongly and then be very authentic around it. Be real. Be you. People want to see you. They want to know you. And like I said, with that, you know, the woman who wears that hijab and covers her face and that she thought that was going to be a hindrance. And that's actually why women are connecting with her. You are going to attract your tribe and whatever you think might be a handicap for you right now could be the very thing that attracts them to you. So never, ever discount yourself, any part of yourself, be yourself completely and own it. Right. Do you agree, Sydney? I do, I do. Thank you so much, Imam. I think that it's, uh, you know, it's so funny because we have, I work with all these people that are working on their books and in their training programs. And I have these conversations with them all the time. They're, they're like, well, I don't know what I should write my book on. Should it be this or that? Or it's the same sort of thing, you know, what should I teach? Or, um, and quite often what I find is that most people have a great skill set. And they overlook it because it's there. It's it comes so easily to them where they've been doing it for so long. Anyway, what's kind of funny was that I've just done a whole bunch of launches from my uh, book launches from my retreats that I ran a few months ago, and they're all finished their books because because of, of COVID they got time to finish their books and they all finished. Yeah, on the oh, same fantastic! <laughs> so we've been putting out um, we've been putting out a book every sometimes twice a week. We're putting out a book and doing a bestseller launch, and oh and the and the authors get so excited you know it's that part of it but what is really cool is that a lot of my clients start getting they, they get clarity once they get clear on what it is they're gonna write their book on or you know once or their course then they can get momentum it's like once they choose a topic and then then they start running with it you start seeing all these improvements in their lives you know they one of my clients quit her job she applied for reality shows she went ran for local politics you know and from being a person who worked in a childcare center managed a childcare center which was incredibly stressful for her with all the parents and all their drama you know and, and politics in the in the so now yeah. now she's actually coaching businesses on how to you know, survive COVID and everything, you know, like she's, she's left her job, applied for, yeah. you know, ran for politics. Um, we'll probably end up with her own show because she's just so on fire. Oh, it's I exciting, love. right? When you see that. I love that. I just love, that's what I was talking about. Be yeah. in that flow, be open, be, be flexible, be ready to pivot and, and see the kind of opportunities that the divine, that the universe is sending your way. Because there's always amazing stuff happen, happening. Life is always going to change. That's the one constant is that it's going to change. And yet our ego wants it not to change because it's frankly safer and more comfortable. Um, but growth and excitement and all that amazing life beyond belief kind of stuff happens beyond that comfort zone. It's all beyond that. So luckily, sometimes the universe interferes and kind of pushes us out of that comfort zone. It's like, I have all this wonderful stuff for you that you haven't checked out. So, so have fun with it. It's, it's all good. It's all good. You know, I know the pandemic is scary for a lot of people. I, I know, you know, my advice would be what I did in my life, Sydney, when I moved here and the pandemic started, because my brother's a doctor, he said, look, I don't see this thing going away for a year or two. So design your life in a way that you can sustain for that period of time. So that's what I did. So whatever that means for you, do it that way. And, and then let go of the fear because that's our number one enemy right now. Don't let fear near you. Listen to Sydney's show, listen to talks like this so that you, and you can, can be in They can come and listen to Heartache to Joy too, right? Yeah, from Heartache to Joy is, is uh, we also do the same thing. I, I did a lot of uh, 
calls on how to overcome fear and how not to let it get near you because that's not only going to compromise your immunity, it's also going to stop you from seeing the opportunities that might be around you. And just know that you are always loved and you are always taken care of. I mean, in this present moment, Sydney, in this present moment, what did we do to create it? What did we, I mean, if you really think about it, what did we do to earn it? It's all been done for us. And this is the most beautiful done for you program <laughs> and it's free, you know? Our heart is being, it's being beaten for us. We are being breathed, you know? We're just here chatting and having fun, but everything else is taken care of us. We didn't do anything to create this moment. We didn't do anything to deserve this moment because we haven't really done the work to earn it. So I'm saying that to shake people out of that mindset that, oh, work, I have to work hard to deserve millions. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you just have to be in that flow. You have to be ready to accept. You have to allow yourself you know, to receive because this is way harder. This present moment, if you look at all the moving parts and all the components, it's mind boggling. It's so hard, but yet here we are. Here we are every moment. You know, and we've adjusted and, uh, you know, like I can, I can now see, I've got modeling business modeling and I can see this being a multi-million dollar business where before there I, was, you go. I was stuck. I was at a plateau like so many people. Right. Yeah. And thanks yeah. to this great gift of the economy completely shifting, it gave me an opportunity to have a little break and start over, you know, like we, we, we go. yeah, yeah. It's so everything is perfect. It's just perfect. Thank you. I'm so wonderful to catch up. I always love catching up with you. And people you. can find you at from, from heartache to joy .com and we'll put yes. the links. Heartache to joy.com. They can opt in. They can listen to the show for free or uh, women business mavericks 2020.com, either one. And then you have the link for the Easy Summit Mastery program. Easy Summit can... Mastery. And thank you for doing it. Um, I'm actually going through and creating training programs like you that I just never had time to do. And uh, we do this for you guys. We do this to help you so that you don't have to learn it all the hard way like we did, right? Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> thank you. And um, right. thank you. it was such a pleasure. Thank you and thank you all of you. Lots of love. Hi, this is Sydney. And thanks for listening to the show today. If you liked today's episode, please let us know. Hit the subscribe button so you can get updates on our new episodes. Leave us a comment or review. We love all of your feedback. Share the show with your friends and most importantly, come introduce yourself at our free online community at millionairestraining.org.